Hello, neurotypicals and neurodivergence all. This is the Maiden Voyage podcast of neurodiverse conversations and connections. And I am pleased to have my first guest on this program, the lovely Tina Spears, director of CPNRI and the state representative representing, what do you represent? What's I represent uh, District 36. Oh, 36. So that is Charlestown, Block Island, Westerly, and South Kingstown. Beautiful, beautiful place to be. So um, let me introduce myself. My name is Connor O'Brien. I am a 26-year-old autistic self-advocate, and I am doing this for a LEN project, but hopefully this becomes more than that. Um, I was born in Coventry, Rhode Island. I have multiple experiences in the disability and DD system. And I just decided that I thought that Rhode Island should deserves a podcast fully devoted to neurodivergent issues and problems. So do you want to introduce yourself, Tina, about, you know, where, you know, how you came here and where you came from? Uh, we're all interested, I think. Uh Thank you, thank you. Um, I am. I represent CPNRI, which is a nonprofit trade association of providers serving people with disabilities, children and adults. And I come to this work from um, giving birth to my son, uh, who was neurodiverse. Uh, he, um, his name was Taquanic, and he was born when uh, 2000. And um, I, that's where I came to this work. I came to become an advocate, a parent advocate for my son. And I learned all about the system um, and the, the failings and the successes, if you will, and learned how to advocate for him. And through that process, I've, I've grown professionally to not only um, become an advocate, but also a state representative fighting for, for the rights of people with disabilities. That's what, you know, that's kind of what inspires me. You're kind of a superhero to me in that, in that uh. regard, you know, I mean, it's... It's so amazing. So Jaquanic, you said his name mm -hmm. is correct. Jaquanic. 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 What What is his diagnosis specifically, if you don't mind my asking? Um, he was born. Uh, he had a traumatic uh, birth, so he had a brain injury at birth. So he, you know, he would be considered, you know, um, a quadriplegic, and mm. he was also intellectually and developmentally disabled. So. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's a, such a traumatic thing. And I, I don't mean that, you know, uh, no pun intended. I just, it's kind of a thing where as an autistic, you know, um, you forget that there are others out there that have multiple types. You know, there's ADD, there's, you know, uh, tra traumatic brain injury, dyslexia, um, you know, ODD, ADHD. There's so many different things out there that sometimes you forget, you forget to keep track of all of them. And I think my next question will come to, you know, how do you, how, how does it work at the state house? How do you get anything done for somebody mm -hmm. with someone with disabilities? Because, you know, I think many um, neurodivergents, myself included, sometimes are, can be frustrated with the, with the process because it seems like things move so slow. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good observation. Uh, so what I would say is I actually can't get anything done unless I have a mobilized community, which is, you know, self-advocates like yourself and organizations that are committed to disability inclusion and making sure that we're um, equally treated. We have the services and supports that are needed for, for um, people to live safely and happily in our community. So for me, um, how I think you get things done is using your voice and using your power of your voice 
and that's hard to do, right? So Sorry. it seems, yeah, it, that, that's a big grand state house, right? It's a big marble building, the most powerful. It's um, imposing. Yes, yes. Um, but to be honest, it's also the people's house. It is to serve the community. And the more we recognize it as our home and where we actually advance policies that are important to us, the better off we will be as a community. So my goal as a legislator is to empower everyone in the community to be present and, and advocate for themselves at the state house. So when did you decide to jump into the race? When did it become like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm not just a director anymore. I'm actually going to become a representative. When did that first come into your head? When did it first congeal? Uh, you know, I should be prepared for this question. I've been told to be prepared for this question so many times. And each time um, I say it a little bit differently, it didn't, there was no epiphany. There was no, I must do this right now. It was an emergence and um, it, a little bit like what you said, it can be intimidating, frustrating when things aren't going the way you would hope they would. So it was it was a culmination. And honestly, having worked at the State House, I was a staffer at the State House. I've been advocating at the State House, and I I knew policy happens at the State House. So I thought, well, I might as well throw my hat in, and that I did. Well, that's I mean that's you know that's the most honest answer I've ever heard um, from a from a politician, um, that they, you know, you really just got into it, that you, there was really no reason that you just got into it. I think that's such an honest answer and it's such a candid answer that I don't think we're used to hearing. So I think that's nice for people to hear. Um, my next question is in regards to um, it, what, what bills is CPNRI supporting? I noticed on your website there is a, a couple of bills. I believe one of them uh, refers to um, raising um, the rates for providers, I believe, are um, uh, rates for um, uh, professional. You're going to have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you can, so, I think you can take it from there. Yeah, I sure can. So there are two bills, um, one in the House, one in the Senate. I should know the numbers. I'm going to be blasted for not memorizing these numbers. However, the, both bills are um, intended to increase the, the, the rates of providers for the purpose of improving access to services. So increasing wages for the workers that that support people living in the community. So, and it's not just for uh, DD, it is, um, which is primarily who I represent is service providers that support people with developmental disabilities, children and adults, but it's also for our elders. It's also for people with behavioral health conditions. It's also for, you know, children and child welfare. So we, we've joined forces across the board with all of our health and human service delivery partners to ensure that we're raising all boats. Um, so that's what we're focused on is really having more of a coalition. Uh, do you think it has a good chance of passing? I mean, I know it's kind of a stupid question, you know, what with the uh, Democratic majority, but, um, you know, it's, it, do you think it has a good chance of passing? Do you think it has any, you know, shot at becoming law? Because I know that would, you know, that would really help um, neuro, neurodiverse people because, you know, the, if our work, you know, if the people who support us are supported, we and yep. then in turn are supported. Thank so, you. You're welcome. So if that, does that have a good chance of passing? Is it, do you have any idea? So I'll say this, it has a good chance of passing if our advocates in the community continue to push their elected officials to invest. And I think that the vast majority haven't worked with, you know, on the House side, I've, you know, worked within the Senate as a staffer. I know that elected officials are committed to this community and to the larger population, but understand that they often are tasked with trying to 
deliberate on many issues. So the more we are vocal and are present and communicate with them the need, uh, the more supportive they'll be. So I, I think there is broad consensus and understanding that there's a problem. I think there is support. Uh, it's up to us to keep pushing. Mm. So. Well, you answered a lot of my questions, um, but the next one is um, kind of obvious. It's in regard in regards to the bill that the the bills that you know how can they? You mentioned getting advocating ad advocates getting mm -hmm. involved. What can what can advocates do specifically? Because I don't think many people know what they can do. They're very unaware of the system and how to to do it. I mean, I know and you know, but I don't think many people out there know. So. Give a few examples about what, what simple things somebody can do. Okay, great. There, there are a few simple things. Number one, you can always go to CPNRI's website and we have some, some information there that will assist. So we produce information. We're really invested in making sure the community knows. Um, but beyond that, just a couple of tips is first, humanize your story. What, what, why is this important to you? So if you want to support a bill or a policy, mm -hmm. why? why? Why is it important to you? And then the second step is contacting your legislator, mm -hmm. figuring out who your local legislator is, and then you call them, you email them, and tell them why this bill or this policy is important to you. And that's it. It's as simple as that, having a conversation. So elected officials, just like I am, everyone is, is just that. They're an individual like everyone else. They're human just like everyone else. They care about people just like everyone else. So it's just really having a conversation. The second thing you can do is you can email them. Mm -hmm. uh, the third thing you can do is you can come up to the state house when that bill's being heard and you can testify. There's a whole host of things that you can do. Um, and we at CPNRI are very committed to making sure that we're setting up some tools and um, some strategies for people. Wonderful. Um, I, that's a great answer to my question. Um, and I think that uh, I think sometimes we forget how easy it can be to actually just send an email or, or call or contact them. Mm -hmm. It's really not that kind of, it's not that complicated. There's this kind of stigma that, you know, like you're, you're, you're talking out, but people keep forgetting, like, you know, no, these people work for, for us, the neurodivergents and neurotypicals all. And that's, you know, the bottom line. And that's the main point that, you know, I wanted to get across about, you know, why somebody does this. And you already answered that, but how do you think we can better support um, uh, individuals like your son and other neurodivergents like me in the future? Because I think there's a great fear when it comes to uh, the future. I think a lot of parents and, and neurodivergents all are nervous about you know, what comes next and what's the next step and how can we move forward. I think if you could just speak to, if as much as you can, how people can just move forward in, you know, in a kind of solidarity and kind of like how we how we can connect and how we can kind of unite and kind of find that common ground. Yeah, that's the question of the century, right? Um, but I, you know, I think there's I drive a, a hard <laughs> If I answer this right, we're good. Um, but I, so I don't think there's any one thing that we can do. I think there's a collective action of many things that we need to do. And one of them being is be present. You know, we, we do need a stronger influence from the community to shape policy in the state of Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. And when you have that stronger presence, we have to be thinking ahead. So mm -hmm. when we think about inclusion and we think about making sure that people have access to all the same things equally, 
we have to think ahead of what does that look like and where does that where do those structures exist where don't they exist where do we move investments where do we over invest and under invest we have to like start thinking about it strategically but for me i think the most important thing is having a unified present voice um, there's always going to be disagreements on policies there's always going to be different perspectives but if we all I want to say um, march to the same drum or beat to the, I don't know what those sayings are. I always flip those up. But um, if we, so. yeah, if we all stay present and united in a couple of issues and moving the needle forward, I think that that's the most helpful thing we mm. can do. I think what I've seen over the years is almost there, there's movements, right? There's like waves of movements. Mm. And there was a movement in the 70s and the, in the 80s, to, to maybe to the 90s to get us. This is before my time. Yeah, <laughs> before you were born. Yeah. And there was there, there were these movements that happened. And then there's, it's almost like a complete, I don't want to say complacency, but like, oh, this is better than it was. And, and then there was like a little bit of a ebb. Um, and I think we need to move that needle back up and get that momentum and that movement of inclusion present in our everyday lives, in our communities, at the state house, um, in our families, and, 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 and be vocal about it. Yeah, that's the most important thing, being vocal. I think people are you know, afraid of being vocal these days because they're seen as kind of like the loud, shrill type of person that doesn't know when to shut up. I mean, I've been told that before myself, but um, I think there's a difference between being that shrill person and actually being vocal and actually being respectful. There's, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a definite difference. Um, so I don't know how much more time we have left, but probably about five more minutes, I'd say. But, uh, you know, it's just a question of, you know, how do you see you know, if you were if you were governor for a day, <laughs> I'm saying yeah. if you were governor for a day and you had the you had the power and there was no um, real barrier standing in your way. And I understand this isn't how democracy works, but if you could try to push one bill through for your agenda, what would it be? Oh, God, you run a tough bargain. Um, so I told you that. <laughs> um, I, I, I would have to think about that. Um, Good answer. I would definitely have to think about that because if I only get one wish, right? One wish. But but what I would I would say. You could always have three. You know, you could go Aladdin rules here. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I'm gonna say one. Um, so, the number one thing I I would want to see occur is making sure that there's access and a continuum of services. Right now, I see a big gaping wound of access for. Our community and you're that you're referring to the consent decree or is this in regards oh, to i would say else? beyond i would say way beyond that way so beyond. i think you know from from a early childhood all the way up to you know um an aging person with disabilities there's so many um pitfalls in the system that doesn't give them the continuum so you know you hate to say this if you have one wish would you would you plan around it uh, yeah, but I would want to assess where all the gaps are and then build those programs. So that's what, how I would approach solving the problem. But, you know, investments in the system, that, that would be my number one. I mean, I, I mean, I think that's great. And, um, you know, if there's, I, you know, if there's something you want to say to, you know, I think um, one of my other final questions would be, um, you know, just you know, other than the why, because you already answered the, the why and the how and the, 
and the what drives you. I think you've already covered that in detail, but I think um, it's, you know, who inspired you? And I think I know the answer to this, but it's who else? I should ask who else inspired you besides your son? Was it uh, any particular person? Was it an entire family or was it just, you know, just your son? Yeah, so definitely my, my son uh, changed my whole perspective on my, my life, my journey, what my, what my contributions to this world will be. Um, that's for sure. But I, I will say my service to other families, um, like my own, I think really compelled me to see that the need for um, taking my energy and passion towards the policy arena. So I, in particular, I don't know if she'll like me saying this, but a, a friend of mine, Nicole, her son, Caleb, um, working with her coming out of the NICU, she, it was a, it was a struggle. Um, and seeing how difficult it was for her to navigate the system and get what her son needed and um, exist in our in our community in a in a meaningful way broke me. I will say, like emotionally, it was difficult. So, and we're good friends to this day. I met her through work. Nicole, and, you're getting a shout out on the podcast, <laughs> and I and I also yeah. want to say, Nicole, if you're out there and if Caleb's out there, thank you to you both because you inspired such a great representative and such a great um, advocate that uh, I think that you deserve thanks as well. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah, no, she's great. She's amazing. She still contributes to the community. Um, and so so I would say that. I would say uh, my, my bond with other families and understanding what some of the challenges are is what really ins inspired me. I think that that's absolutely fantastic. And is there um, one final thing you want to say to uh, people out there, neurodivergents and neurotypicals all, is there anything that you want to say that one final takeaway point, um, if they if they leave with nothing else from listening to this or viewing this, what do you want them to know? I want them to know that they're powerful. That's it. Oh, so I'm powerful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wonderful. I got you're all the powerful. power, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're important and you're equal and stay engaged. You're going to, you're going to inflate my ego so much. Um, but, um, that's all that we have folks. That's all the questions that I have. I wanted to, I want to thank Tina and, uh, my friend, Nick friend here. Isn't that, <laughs> obvious? Isn't that obvious? His name is Nick friend, uh, CPNRI's communications director, um, for their gracious time and understanding of, uh, this maiden voyage podcast. I know it wasn't easy to set up and it wasn't easy to do, but we, we managed and I do want to thank you both again and uh, come back on anytime and uh, let me know how those bills go. And I just wanted to say one final thing out there to everyone listening. That's the bottom line because this autistic said so.